Hello everybody, welcome back to another edition of Nagler, a Star Wars Story. It's Madeline. And it's Aaron. And we are coming at you today with not much news. I mean, what are you talking about, Madeline? They just announced some new Old Republic books or cartoons or I don't know. Who nonsense. gives a fuck? Uh, yeah, anyway. Like um, Pretty much. That's what, I, that's what on this like. podcast, we don't talk about Star Wars news so much as we talk about what I care about. This is fair. This uh, is a fair point. And I've drawn up some talking points. So have obviously... We, wait, we have talking points this yes, week? Yes, I wrote Amazing. things down. Um, the first thing, obviously, is the new episode of The Mandalorian, which warrants talking about for once, Hell because yeah. there were actual stakes and things happened. Which I can't will... be said for all the episodes. Let's, let's, now, let's, let's have an aside here. Before we even get into this episode, which I oh, fucking loved. Same. I will say, uh, I can't call him a good buddy or a good friend because I've never met the man, but I feel like I know him. Uh, Steel, who does a great Star Wars podcast in of, of its yeah. own right. Steel uh, he's kind of a master in this genre here. He made an excellent point. because, And now, okay, spoilers for the four of you who haven't seen it, but of course everyone who's ever, ever, ever going to listen to this has seen it, so I don't care. Everyone bitched about the first episode of this season not having any stakes. Because um, it didn't. Rightfully however, so. It was not a premiere. However, however the informa- there's information in that first episode that helps enrich this latest episode oh, of Mandalorian. Mean, oh, you mean fucking Boba Town. Here we go. It's a through line. It's a thread. Know, it's a narrative, know, and it know, helps. It it's world. Yeah, building. but that episode could have that. very easily the premiere episode could have very easily been the second episode, and they could have had a premiere worthy mm-hmm. episode, and the same would have applied. I think that regardless, people, regardless of whether people it connects, gonna bitch, regardless, that is correct. Well, excuse me for for having a critical eye, and uh, uh-huh. I'm I'm a I'm an opinionated consumer. I like yeah. to I you know I like I to you. have standards for myself. That's quite all right. But um, yeah, this episode was probably in like the top three for me between seasons one and two. Totally agree. Um, right there with you. Really good. I obviously I said to my dad when we were talking about it, I was like my sentimental side was like, oh, good, there's 10 minutes left, so they'll go and get Baby Yoda back. But then the part of me that always triumphs and that was speaking just now, which really just wants good TV and good, good drama, stories, yeah. and good was so relieved that they didn't do that and that Baby Yoda has actually been kidnapped remained, for once. Remained in peril. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your initial emotional reaction when Baby Yoda actually got took? Um... Me and my sister were screaming so loud at the television, (laughs) and my mom, who could not care less about Star Wars, was a bit confused because she thought, I only found out this after, she thought we were watching like an old movie or something that we'd already seen. She was like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. And we're like, no, Mm. like we had to explain what had happened. What was Olive's Olive's line? Uh... When the stormtrooper came in and used the stun gun on Baby Yoda, she s- jumped up and screamed, "I will murder you!" <laughs> um, oh, it's a very emotional. Pretty attachment. close to that. Very emotional attachment yes. to Baby Yoda. Yes, of course. And it's like it's funny because he has a name now, but it's like it's never, never changing. Be it's it's I know it's Gogurt. It's it's Baby if I, Yoda. If I now. try to call him by his name, I'm gonna call him Gogurt. 
So I'm just going to call him Baby it's Yoda. It's Baby Yoda. Although I did love that the beginning bit where he was like, Grogu. When he said and his he's name. he's laughing. It was so It was like cute. the first time I feel like I've seen the Mandalorian laugh. Yeah. Like that was like a it big. Was great. Like. Well, and know. it speaks to what you were talking about last week in regards on this very podcast. Um, in regards to giving Pedro Pascal something other than, yes, do than yes. to just fight. Yes. You know? Absolutely. It was nice to have just another. Just a smidgen of a personality. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's nice to see him, like, I mean, not that he doesn't care in all the episodes, but he doesn't, like, openly care. You mm. know what I mean? He's more of, like, a stern, like, get in your seat. It yeah. was nice to see him, like, I think, emotionally investing in a more vulnerable way. Speaking of emotionally investing, here's something that's really stupid, but is very me. Mm-hmm. So, to your point about when Baby Yoda got taken and put in peril, whatever you want to call it, like I too was like, how many minutes are left? Like, oh God, are they going to get him back, or is he yeah. going to remain like captured? That was subservient to the feeling of I can't believe they vaporized the Razor Crest. Like, it was shocking to me how emotional it got me. The ship has been through everything. Been repaired, come back from the dead. Like they've utilized it in every episode, and they just like shot it completely into oblivion. Like that's like almost like it felt like the Millennium Falcon had just been blown to bits. So it was weird to me how emotional that made me. That's his ship. Yeah, and it's gone now. That made me emotional, but I don't know. I don't have I don't, feelings you don't about care. these. I don't have feelings I care, about these though. things the way it's that... like the guys in their their cars. You yeah, know? it's like yeah. it's very George Lucas, you know, nineteen fifties Modesto, driving up and down. Like you identify with your car, and that like, you know, Mandalorian identifies with the Razor Crest, yeah. and now it's gone. Um, it's crazy. Obviously, the elephant in the room mm. of this episode is Boba mm. Fett. But before we get into that, I have a very important point that I would like to make. Of and I've been holding back on this. And frankly, no, I've made... No, you were going to make it on the podcast so you can get me all upset. No, but oh. frankly, I've made way too big of a production out of this point already. The way I've been <laughs> holding it back and being like, I'm saving it for the pod. But, um... And it's... So now it's just going to land flat on its face. Right. But, um... My... My... Biggest issue with this episode issue. I mean, it was a great it was a great episode, but I really disliked the whole like. So they had tons of stormtroopers coming out, right? Obviously, destined to fail. Um, That's what they're there for. Yeah, they're there to get shot. And I was like, you know what? I'm like kind of bummed about, and like, maybe there was nothing to ever be done, but like. I feel like, in a way, it's like it's it's it it reflected on like what a waste of like Finn's character. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you gave us one of the most interesting premises that Star yep. Wars has ever come ever up with. This to... uh, individualizing this iconic symbol mm-hmm. of like an anonymity and like humanizing it and like showing us what it's really like behind that mask and then you just kind of did nothing with it Mm -hmm. in the trilogy and now we're back to oh these faceless like familyless like first order stormtroopers which is what finn was are are quite different than because they're conscripts as opposed to clones so there's there's a difference there that's true i guess i just like 
I just mean thematically. But I totally agree with you. I totally agree. Thematically is like a right most... after what we just saw in your movies. Exactly. You know what I mean? What sucks the most about it is like the Finn thing is like how great a premise it is. And I love J- the idea of J.J. And I don't know if it was in the original script before Kasdan came on board, but I think it was J.J. and Kasdan who came up with that idea, if I remember the reading. Um, and it is great. Totally unexplored like throughout the second film, understandably, because of the, the arc of that adventure that he goes on yeah but then in the third film oh look here are other stormtroopers but i even thought but we don't even there's yeah, like this I one throwaway no scene explanation and then that's it yeah that's all my, here's get. my thing oh this, and he's got the force with the, in, Good night, the everyone. in the last jedi although the stormtrooper thing you're right is not as explored as it could have been i do think that it was a logical next step having him kill Phasma because I think what needed to happen in order for there to be any sort of like um full like full arc on that was that he needed to you know make up his mind about the ideology and so that was like a definitive moment and that's why I think Ryan Johnson I think did set it up the whole movie starts with him like I'm only Beholden to Ray, yeah, like, exactly. That's all I care about. And then at the end, it's, he's very much invested. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, I just to this day, so to this day, to this day, I just can't fucking wrap my mind around how this entire trilogy gave you a stormtrooper rebellion on a fucking platter, and that's such an easy way to have them win. To have Finn have this incredible hero moment, and. And the closest and, thing you and got was just, like they some just folks riding on even... some horses on a star destroyer. Oh, like that's as close as I'll ever. And it's get. like people, I think, are are upset because Finn didn't become a Jedi, and like that wasn't followed through on. But I was more upset about the Stormtrooper Rebellion because I really thought that that would be a way that Finn could be a hero, but not be like secondary to anybody, and it would have been it's his own his thing. Own yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like would have been. I mean, whatever. So that being said, in the Mandalorian, it just now it's like seeing Stormtroopers die makes me sad because I'm like, <laughs> what? It, it's, it does. I'm like, what if there's like another Finn under under there, and they're never gonna have their never lights shown? And it's like maybe that's ridiculous. But I've never been into action movies for that reason because so many people die, and I'm like, they all have families, and I know it's an action movie, <laughs> but I've always looked at it that way. What well, is funny how like disposable they are, and that sequence went on way too long. Oh, one hundred percent, way too shit. long. Oh my I, god! I like I kept it felt like, you know, in the original, the very in the original Star Wars when they have coverage of that very first battle when the stormtroopers break blow open the door, and if you ever hear Lucas talk about the filming of that scene, most not most but a lot of those shots are. The same shot, just from, like, with some different setups, but they just go back and, like, either flip the image or they just use a different take of the same shot. Like, yeah. it's all repurposed almost. And it's like, he was scraping things together to make an action sequence that barely lasts a minute. And now we've got, like, yeah. five minutes of fucking stormtroopers just going up hills literally just to get blasted. Yeah. Like, at one point, there's a stormtrooper that comes from around a rock... Has his, I think it was Fennec Shand, in his sights and just stands there with his gun so that she can turn around and blast him. Yeah. Like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And I understand it's Star Wars, it's escapism, I understand. It's like, but five minutes of it? Yeah. Like, don't need it. Don't want it, don't need it. 
All right. Now we have to get to the meat and potatoes. Okay, wait. One last final thing. On All that. right. I just love, by the way, that the entirety of the Stormtrooper existence was introduced to us by Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original film. Only Imperial Stormtroopers are so precise. Like, oh, you yeah. can't hit the broadside of a barn. But I know. Yeah. I always think about Family Guy Star Wars. Yeah. This armor is useless. Why do we even wear it? <laughs> so true. Um, anyway. anyway. Sorry. Had yeah. Said. Okay. Um, What's the meat and potatoes? To... This should be good. Oh, dear. Stop it. Stop it. I. Oh. Oh. Oh, boy. I just can't. I don't. I don't. I don't know what else to say. I can't. Just how is Star Wars supposed to mean anything and and have adult fans if death, life and death is like nothing? Like like there's no stakes anymore because death doesn't mean anything in the Star Wars universe anymore. If it's if it's like commercially incentivized any character can come back from the dead no matter how they left. It started with Palpatine, and now we're getting it with Boba Fett. If a character is fan service enough, they can come back. That's, like, just what I'm gathering. And it's, like, this frustrates me for two reasons. The first of which just being my sensibilities and the fact that I'm, again, a consumer who does not want to be treated like an idiot or pandered to. I want there to be legitimate stakes so that when a character I like dies, it actually, like, I'm actually feel, I feel lost. Not, like, the need to go start a Kickstarter to be, like, <laughs> Lucasfilm, bring back so-and-so. Like, I, I need things to have stakes this isn't like some cartoon you know what i mean like i feel like it's no it's not it's star wars yeah george lucas said it's for 12 year old kids i just think that once you start playing with the life and death it's just like nothing playing god no but it's like nothing means anything anymore why should i I believe you it's like the boy who cried wolf why should i believe you when anyone dies that's the first thing the second thing that really bothers me is the only characters that are ever going to be resurrected for fan service are the ones that are adored by male fans. And that is like, do you ever think they're going to bring Ben Solo back? Because t- like, just as many women fans want him back as males want a bit Boba Fett. Fuck no, they don't give a shit about us. But it's like, ugh. And that's why I was like, ugh. Because I'm just like, and then, you know, once Boba Fett comes back, they become empowered. It's like... It's like he's like their Donald Trump. Like I don't know. Okay, like they, relax. I'm just I love saying. Boba Fett. Even though everyone talks about what a useless character he is, I love Boba Fett for everything that I created in my mind as a kid. And here's where I get to the "it's for kids" part. It's what he meant to me as a kid is the reason they bring him back. And I understand I'm an older white male, and I am the guy you're talking about. I'm not as acidic as the vocalist no. part of that group, but. I understand why they do it. To your point, yes, I a thousand percent agree. Like, and I keep harping on this every time we talk Star Wars. It's like there are now you have given, you have blessed yourself now if you are Lucasfilm with the ability to explore any dimension you want with these worlds, with this galaxy. Yet this constant need, like, it's all like you are now almost volumizing toys and cartoons that we grew up with just to make sure you check these boxes like 
I I love the odd kind of thing placed in the Mandalorian that calls back like they had R five, yeah. uh, or they have a womp rat, or they have Salacious B Crumb's cousin or whoever it was in the cage in that episode last season. Like these little kind of asides, or they have uh, something from uh, they've had a few things from the cartoons like rebels or things that have bled in, you know, but it hasn't been the reason for the story. Like Boba Fett. I rolled my eyes. I totally yeah. rolled my eyes. I loved that they used Tamora Morrison, who played Django yeah. in the prequels. I love that. I think that's great that he's got a gig. <laughs> and I love I love that they are using that as the through line there. Of course, it's like they explain it away with, I died in the desert and it spit me out or whatever and I'm back, much like blah, blah, blah. Like, that's... Bull easy. Yes, shit. exactly. Through that's the power easily, of the Sith, anything is possible. They, 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 it's easily written away, you know, and I get that. But um, I did totally roll my eyes. And it was funny because I went, I remember after that episode, I went online and there were a lot of people my age going, Boba Fett is back! And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. I know. Like, there's no connection there. Like, no. everything I love about Boba Fett is everything I created in my mind when I was a kid. You know? Everything they've done with him since... Like, even before he died. Like, basically, since Empire Strikes Back, and this is what I always tell you, for me, it's all about those first two films. Because after that, most of it falls apart for me. But that power in that character is in your imagination. Or at least for me and most of my generation, that's what it was. I saw him, and I imagined I had all sorts of stories that I made up. It empowered me and my imagination. That, to me, is why I think Boba Fett is so badass, because I made up all these great fucking stories. And it doesn't See, matter how many times Lucasfilm tries to ruin it, I still have those stories in my head. I didn't really know that about you. I feel like I, I feel like you didn't tell me this before. I don't no, know. No one's ever... We never talked about Boba Fett before. Yeah, like, I get like really this. mad. I know, because um, you always <laughs> just get pissed. But, but no, I had a guy last night, um, or yesterday, was it? Some, I can remember what it was. Oh, somewhat, the thing was going around on Twitter, and Alex had put out... The four non-lightsaber scenes. Your four favorite non-lightsaber scenes from Star Wars. Any Star Wars. And people were doing lots of mixed, like prequels, some solo, Rogue One, whatever. All of mine were from Empire. Of course. It's my favorite film. I love that fucking movie. All of mine would be from Last Jedi. Every moment of that film is my favorite Star Wars. So, um, you know, and one of the stills was when um, Vader comes out after torturing Han and Lando's in between them. And I love that. I've always loved that shot. I've always loved that scene. And Boba Fett's there. And this guy responds, you know, Boba Fett is the most useless character. I'll die on this hill. Blah, 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 blah. And for every thing right. I just told you, it's like... Yeah, but I'm, I'm not that guy. I don't reply to tweets. No, I'm not reply guy. I'm just saying. I, no, 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 like, no, no, This yeah. is how a lot of people feel about Boba Fett. Especially younger people. And like, and I just responded, I can't tell you how much I don't care. Like, yeah. I those stories that I told myself mean infinitely more than any fucking bullshit reason you're about to give me why you hate Boba Fett. Yeah, but you know what it is? That's just me. You know what it is? It's that Boba Fett, I think, through no fault of his own, (laughs) became sort of the figurehead character for a group of of a very loud minority of assholes who... Who use him and the fact that he is useless and the fact that he is um, so minimal in the films as like a, 
Boba Fett is better than Ray, and he was only in the yeah, movie for, like for this movie. Mi- yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And so then that's what started my like, oh for fuck's sake, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And then, it, and then, of course, and, and then, then to have that sort of be rewarded whenever Boba Fett is is paid attention to, that's I roll my eyes at that. Yeah, of course, I roll but my that, eyes at is, his written away death. And like, this is a perfect example. It's like everything you hate, not everything, but. Uh, the genesis for your hatred of that character is mostly, I'm not going to say all, because I know you're an intelligent person and you've looked at no, this, if, but if most the, of it is driven by outside yes. extenuating circumstances if, if, that have been put upon him. If Star Wars fandom didn't exist, I don't think I would remember Boba Fett's name. <laughs> I'm so, true. I That's he would be true. like the same Just, level what of... What does Han say? Boba Fett? Boba Fett, where? I feel That's like it. he'd be the same <laughs> level of character to me if it weren't for fandom as mm-hmm. like that little gremlin that sits on Jabba's so leg. So B. Crumb, thank you. Yeah, exactly, him. Like him and Boba <laughs> are on the head. same level to me in terms of what I remember about them. Just right. like my favorite Boba Fett thing ever, because we'll end this part right. on something positive. The only time I've ever liked Boba Fett was when he walks into the club or whatever cantina whatever anyway he just nods in at Jabba's it. palace yeah Jabba's yeah, yeah. palace and he, and he nods that at that girl that was hot but <laughs> the rest of the rest of it I can do without um true story uh when I was in school and we were in Coriolanus by the Shakespeare play uh I had a, I had a smaller role and we there were like four or five guys we would stand we had to stand there was a, like a lot of standing in the background uh, while they were in court, and we, we did this thing where every time the king and queen entered, or every time like we had to like stand at attention, and then we had to acknowledge them. We all did the Boba Fett nod. Oh, that was, it. That was like kind of our inside joke because That's like funny. you have to make up your own business. You know, yeah, the directors yeah, might yeah. tell you what to do. It's just like okay, and then you acknowledge them, and, blah, blah, blah. and so we all like got together and it was like okay, we all do the Boba Fett nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah we do the Boba Fett nod. That's I funny. Like, I love that. All right, next thing is uh, Dave Filoni. Uh, did an interview and I just wanted to mention this. There's not much discourse here. I just thought it was very sweet and I worth mentioning. I have something to say about Dave Filoni. That's probably oh boy. less than glowing, but okay, I, I do then, think the man is a genius. Okay, then maybe this is discourse. But I'm just going to mention what I saw, which I thought was very sweet and a nice thing to mention and whatever, But and, which I didn't know as well. Mm-hmm. He said that during the making of The Last Jedi... Uh, Ryan invited him on set knowing that he wanted to start doing live action for the first time and he was very nervous about it and so Ryan um, and his uh, producer Sam who is a lot in the director in the Jedi documentary you can watch um, but they invited him on set and Ryan would teach him blocking and stuff like that and Ryan would let him he would be like here look and look through the lens and Dave Filoni talked about that and how he was on set a lot for The Last Jedi and how generous Ryan is and I thought that was so sweet and it was really nice too because um I feel like since The Last Jedi's divided response a lot of Lucasfilm was very quick to throw him under the bus a lot of casting crew but for Filoni to say that so for Filoni who is very obviously in the high ranks of Lucasfilm, very respected and by fans on both sides I was of the just aisle. Say, and all those old yeah. heads who like are vocal, toxic. Yes, dickheads, yes, they, they love him. Filoni. I know. Yeah, so yeah. for him to come out and be like Ryan is great, um, I thought that was very kind of him and very. That's great. I didn't know that. That is, yeah. that is wonderful. Yeah. Which makes this what I was about to say give it, it gives a twist to it because it's funny because I love that. 
like he obviously the stuff that he did uh, basically in the Mandalorian off season where they had those gallery episodes where they had the round tables oh, and they yeah. talked about you know the the genesis of the project and how they can came I to say it something really yeah, quick? Sure. Just sorry before you okay. keep going. Yeah. Um, I I hope that they don't oversaturate the market with those round tables because I'm scared that we're going to end up with something like The Talking Dead which yeah there's this yeah. great um Billy Eichner bit where mm. he do, he plays a game with somebody on the street called Walking Dead or Talking Dead and it's, <laughs> he's like which line is this from and it the Walking Dead line would be like and then I'm like that's it I'm over it and then the the talking deadline would be like and i love that part where you're like that's it i'm over it <laughs> yeah it's just like <laughs> like you should look up that bit because it's no. it perfectly encapsulate how, how useless right. those things can be if you do them after every episode yeah. you know what i mean so i hope they don't do too many but but the thing i loved about it was there was a clip and i do think it went a kind of mini viral on twitter where he talks about anakin's journey and oh it was yeah. so clear mm-hmm. that filoni who obviously has learned at the foot of George Lucas, understands this world and this universe probably better than any other human being living other than George Lucas. Like, mm-hmm. And I know that sounds hyperbolic, but I also think it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And there's no question that he comes to it from a place of reverence, and he undoubtedly um, is one of the people we want carrying this world forward. I don't mm-hmm. doubt that for a second. Mm-hmm. I want that. Mm-hmm. So it pains me to say oh what killed me about not this the two episodes ago, the one that he the last one that he directed, which had moments I fucking loved. I thought it was gorgeously shot. I thought there was some striking images, great fight scene at the end. Loved all of it except for how he dealt with the actors. And I don't know if this was oh, a specific yeah. stylistic choice. Wait, two episodes ago? Or it was, yeah, we're Ahsoka, the one with Ahsoka? Ahsoka. Okay. Like, every, it was like the prequels were back. Yeah. It was every line delivery. Well, I just pause, also thought... Line delivery. I said, I was like, I think they really miscast her. I think they really well, miscast her. We'll get to that. Her. We'll get less next. Because okay. this, I, we'll lead right into that. Because I do want to talk about the whole Ahsoka thing. Um, but... Like, it was just the presentation of it, and it was so, it was like, it was, oh my god, it was like, we're back in Phantom Menace, and Mm -hmm. I I wanted to tear my hair out. Like, just talk. Right, Just be in the moment, listening to each other, and reacting. I wanted to scream it in every scene. It wasn't one actor, it wasn't one moment, it was the entire fucking episode, which comes down to the director. Yeah. It's like either you got to fix that in editing or you cannot allow them to do that on set. Like it was killing me. Yeah. Um, I love the episode. I love, like I said, tons of great story, great action, some amazing shots. Like, but holy cow. Yeah. It was, I I have to say it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. Yeah. It was, I love that world, the world they created. Did we talk about this episode? I can't remember. No, not, not Ahsoka. No. I think Ahsoka was miscast, and I said that it was weird because I, I, the whole... You weren't here last week, that's why. Oh, yeah. The the episode sort of made a big, big, big shabu, mamu, whatever, <laughs> hubbub about, mm-hmm. oh my god, it's fucking Ahsoka. And then it didn't even feel like her. So it was weird it because it, was, it felt like a big, like, production for, like, something that it just did not feel like her. 
And I think maybe part of it is because in every form we've ever seen her, she's only had one voice. So maybe that's part of it. I also thought they... they lost some of her charm and her all wit. Of it. No, all like, of it. I they thought, left a spark. Yeah, the, the spark, spark that she that has. that makes Ahsoka Ahsoka. And I understand, like, in Clone Wars, this last season of Clone Wars we got prior to this season of Mandalorian, she is very much aged. She is very much more mature. There has been, you can tell. There, yeah. The weight of the world is upon her after she's walked away from the Jedi Order. I understand that. But there's still... A, I don't even say levity, but there's still a spirit yeah. and a brightness to her that was completely missing, absolutely absent in, in that, Mandalorian. In Mandalorian, yeah, so, I agree. No and also, um, I also just thought, you know, I this is like a, a small thing and <laughs> and maybe ridiculous, and I could never do what these people do. But her her things, her like hair things, right. I forget what they're called. Sorry, fake fan. Um, <laughs> but the right. the mandrels. Sure. Anyway, they just looked like they were made out of foam from like a yeah, dollar store, and like you could see the the where it bent. And yeah. I was like, mm, kind of expect more from Lucas Disney film, and Star Disney, Wars, and yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, that could have done without the like foam things stuck to Rosario Dawson's I will head. say though, her entrance was badass when she yes, like, shows it was. up. And also, can I, can I just I say, like, yes. everybody on Twitter was like, we just, amazing. Like we just got our first woman on woman live action fight. And I literally, the first thing I thought, I was like, that is fucking depressing like <laughs> that's real depressing it's like the same thing as like the vice president being a woman like mm-hmm. like sure i guess it's exciting but it also should have happened yeah. a long time ago yeah. um but yeah i agree with you and it was the acting was it left something to be desired except for the puppet the puppet was great <laughs> <laughs> but she like rosario dawson's a fine actress but i just she didn't hit it she just didn't hit it for yeah. me Okay, uh, last thing I want to talk about, um, I guess, I don't know. Uh, we'll but, see. <laughs> um, there's a petition going around, and I would like to tell anybody who's, uh, who is in charge of that petition, please take it down. Oh, no. Um, to get Sebastian Stan to appear in The Mandalorian as Luke. Stop! Enough! Jedis aren't... Not everything is about the freaking Jedi. Ahsoka is enough. Like, oh my god. I can't believe I have to have this conversation with you over and over and over again. Because people just... Not everything is about Luke Skywalker. I can't even... I. How many times? How many times? How would Luke fit in? What do they want Luke to do? Exactly! Like, literally, what would he do? And then there were people that were like, oh, like... I bet Raylos aren't interested in this because they want Ray and Ben to be in it. And I was like, Ray is literally the gleam in the milkman's eye right now. She's yeah. not, she's a sperm at best. Like, I don't, I, it's not that. I just, Luke Skywalker doesn't need to be in everything, okay? No, please. I love what the thing that makes Mandalorian interesting is that there aren't any Jedi. Yes, you know? I, I know, exactly. That's the reason I love Solo. I like, just, there's like, no Jedi, there are no lightsabers, you're just. People making their way in the fucking galaxy. Yeah. That's why it's great. Yeah. I yeah. completely agree. And Rogue I mean, One is like as Rogue One is like probably the perfect balance of it's Star Wars, it's people like have a conflict and they're trying to solve it, and there's a hint, there's a touch of the force. Like that's it. 
that's what you need. See, this is where that's you and where I gets, differ, though, because I really, really like the Force yeah. and the spiritual stuff. You're high. Okay, that actually leads me into uh, another thing I was going to bring up, mm -hmm. which was Ryan um, was answering fan questions on Twitter this week. Always a mistake. Um, but, no. no. <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, he still won't get to get back to me about my mm -hmm. audition tape I sent him for <laughs> next trilogy, but whatever. Exactly. Um, no, but he was answering fan questions on Twitter, and he re he revealed something super interesting, which is that originally the scene where Luke um, burns the Jedi uh, texts in right. Last Jedi, mm -hmm. it wasn't going to be Yoda in his original script. It was going to be Anakin, Force Ghost. Um, Ooh, uh, I know. Oh. And what he said was, uh, ultimately, he decided that Yoda would be a more impactful um teacher in that moment because luke really had more of a connection sure, with yoda yeah. and more of a relationship I mean, with him than well, he did and, with his dad and the audience has much more of a connection yes. with that relationship True. you know what i mean yes. it's like yes. you see yes. them together and you're like oh my god yes you know you see anakin it would have been cool yeah don't get me wrong yeah it's been so dope i'm like uh, can we sense. all just say like that the, the anakin force ghost should have been in tross but like well, a thousand percent but, but i'm like like Everyone assumed it was gonna happen and then yeah, it didn't like everything else in that movie yeah. they fumbled the ball um dude every decision that is JJ like bad in that fucking film <laughs> is like the worst, worst way i know gone. i know like how do you do that how do you go from outside starting the entire I'm fucking like, franchise again and i'm like knocking trying to be, it out of the park i know i'm like awakens and then being so bad i'm like outside of killing the main character which they literally did for 15 minutes i i mean i know i was taught i saw a bunch of people that were like yeah my niece had to be carried out of the theater crying because ray <laughs> traumatized her when she saw her like cold lifeless body <laughs> like good lord fucking jj oh. abrams anyway but i was just gonna say like i think it's such a testament to ryan's like and, and I hate using this phrase because it's what the haters always use, but <laughs> Ryan did his homework. You know what I mean? Like, it's true. He really immersed himself in the whole world, and I think a lot of The Last Jedi was informed by the prequels, which is funny because The Last Jedi is my favorite movie, but I hate fucking the hate the prequels. <laughs> right. But um, I think I think the reason is... I think he what he took away from the prequels is all of the you know characters let's get to know them stuff yeah, and the sort of like the pacing of like not everything has to be super super yep. quick no, um but it's just like the acting is good in the last jedi and the, the writing is good and it's not yeah, so much focused some of it most of it i'll of it. i'll kill you the, there's, a, there's a whole fucking episode in that fucking movie where they go to that goddamn casino planet that dad dad is ground. A, you know this i know, you know this. but canto by i it's don't prequel level bad we've been over no this. it's not it's so bad. no it's not it's, it's not it's so the bad. weakest part of that movie but i don't think it's prequel level bad you're right it might be worse i'm gonna fucking kill you <laughs> it's true though anyway so bad but my point being that i think um, this he's, is the subtle Parker. What? Come on, really, really. That's bad, but that's one line. I really it. like all, all the stuff about like, um, I love the anti-capitalist mes message oh, of you that. Would. Okay, Trotsky, whatever. I'm just saying, I really yeah. like the idea of who wins in this war. Mm -hmm. The Wall Street guys, mm -hmm. aka the Cantobite guys. Mm -hmm. Cantobite is like the Wall Street of the Star Wars universe. It's just bad. It's just bad. 
Okay, well. Anyway. Okay. But I was going to say that mm. I think that Ryan, as a, I think he's an excellent filmmaker and is probably yeah, able to tell that the prequels are bad. So the ability for him to watch those and still take, take away what made the stuff. part that's yeah, the yeah, parts yeah. that were good. What, ki- is what I really love about cool. what Ryan did, um, in the sense of doing his homework, like you say, he drew from the prequels, but he also went into. There was that famous tweet he had where someone was saying, oh, Jedi can't do this, whatever. And he literally pulls out a book. Yeah. The Jedi and the Sith kind of, it's a dual book thing where it's like talks about their powers, right? And he literally points to the passage in the book that says, well, it's like, hello, yeah. I did my fucking homework, guys. Yeah. Like, you can say what you want. You can agree or disagree. You can not like it. Yeah. That's fine. But don't tell me I didn't do the fucking work. Because he did the yeah. work. And I don't think there's any bigger compliment I can pay him. Than in that sense of he fucking refocused what the force is yeah. in that movie better and like better than it's been done since the original film. You yeah. talk about a guy who clearly went back to as an actor, you're always told about to go back to the text when you get stuck or you've got an issue. You can't figure a scene out, whatever. You're always you're told what we were told at school. Go back to the text. The answers are in the text. He literally goes back to the first film, to fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi, explaining what the Force is, and goes, hey, remember this? Remember when Obi-Wan talked about everything Yeah, but that's what I mean in terms of like... That's the Force. You you and me differentiate on the Force because... And maybe it's just because I really like The Last Jedi. Mm. But I really like the Force, and I like the spirituality of it and yeah, i think I, I think that the reason i like the force and all that is because it's the key difference between star wars and like marvel and yeah, like dc no, no. and other don't get me wrong when not I talk crap about the force, but like eh. this is the thing with the force that just that as a storytelling tool this is where it, it annoys me is and, it, and this is partly lucas's fault because this is where he took it if you have a bunch of jedi and this is what makes the prequel so bad. If you have a bunch of Jedi who can, you know, lifting spaceships is no problem. Yeah. You know? Well, now you've put, you've automatically put a bunch of, like, cognitive dissidents in every scene where, okay, well, then why don't they just use the Force to do this? Or why don't, right. they are yeah, the most yeah, powerful yeah, yeah, yeah. beings in the galaxy. They've all got mastery of this yeah. Force, quote yes, unquote. Yes. What makes the Force great when you're telling stories is when it is mystical and it is yes, unknowable yes, yes. and it is I agree. this other that you cannot connect with. You maybe have some kind of, and that's what makes it great in Mandalorian because you see baby Yoda yeah, yeah. having like no idea how to ma- how to handle it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what makes it great and that's yeah. what makes it kind of this kind of outside of the characters. You know it's there and that's why I say in Rogue One it's so good because you've got these characters, you've got a character specifically who is like, I know the Force. I feel the Force. I can't control it. I'm yeah. not a Jedi. That's great. I love I, that. I but also... the Jedi are problematic. And that's why I like Ryan. Again, defining exactly what the Force was originally supposed to be. And then twisting it. And this is the biggest arguments I had with people after this movie came out. Or in regards to the idea of how Ryan clearly saw the Jedi. And be like, no. The Jedi yeah. are all wrong. Yes. This yes, is all yes, wrong. Yes. I love that. Me too. I was so on board with that. And then, of course, JJ came on and was like, oh, yeah. oh, this is all wrong. Jedis are amazing. Um, okay. I totally agree. And I also love what two things I think 
Ryan did that are just so great and why I love the force through his eyes. First of all, I love that he sort of made the force its own like intelligent sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. A entity. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, because I think he did that through the force bond. The idea mm. that like, because obviously Snoke says, oh, I bridged your minds. Yeah. But he only did it the one time. The force mm. is what kept bringing them back together after yeah. that. Yeah. And I really like the idea that the force, and and I actually think it's sort of implied in it's the funny. force awakens, but I don't think it was intentional. Um, how this great evil has taken over again right mm. and the first order is at like the height of its power and so ray is the force's answer to that because yep. it always balances itself out and so through her it manifests itself as an equal good and that's another reason why i fucking love ray low i don't give a fuck anymore <laughs> like i just that's one of the reasons i love it and so that was something i really love that ryan sort of emphasized was like the force having a plan for the the yeah. the fate of the galaxy yeah. could be just in the force's hands and it balancing everything right. and jj again dropped the ball on that because he killed one half of what could have been like and that's another thing i like the idea that ryan sort of introduced with kylo and ray and kylo not being pure evil where um you know they had it gone my way and whatever <laughs> they could have been half light side and half dark you right. don't have to be wholly one side you yeah. know what i mean you can channel both and feel both and and interact with both and it brings more balance than being wholly on one side because i think if you're on the light side that only leads to resentment and like temptation which we saw a lot in the prequels and then if you're only on the dark side, that's destructive and it's not, yeah. um, it's it doesn't service you or bolster you as a human being. And so I thought the idea that what I thought was at the end, oh, Ray and Ben will be the balance and they'll both have a bit of both. They'll both have right. a bit of the light side and the dark side. Purple fucking lightsabers. For I don't everybody. know. <laughs> like, and, and I, it, yeah, so that's why I think me and JJ don't have a lot in common. Just... Yeah, and no, JJ I, and not, I yeah. am all the Jedi, and my lightsaber is yellow because it's the color of happy, <laughs> according to Chris Terrio. Oh God, don't say Terrio. As bad as JJ is, Terrio's ten times worse. I know. So anyway, but Anything I mean, else? like like the end of every podcast, Ryan Johnson is just so great. Just swell. <laughs> yeah, I love him. <laughs> I love right. it. We covered a lot of ground today. I, I know like we it. did. That's good. Well, else we missed a week. Yeah, that's true. No, just may the force be with you. May the force be with you.